This is Bentley Manning. And this is Kellen Day. This is an experiment to see what happens when church gets canceled. And we find new ways to connect. This is... This is... This is... Empty Pews. Hey, good morning, everybody. This is Bentley Manning coming to you on the Wednesday before Palm Sunday. Hey, everybody. It's Kellen. Wonderful to be together. It's um, spring. Ish. Ish. But it is technically spring. Right. Which provides me a whole lot of hope. Not eternal hope, but at least just some kind of day-to-day hope. Optimism. Yeah, I think like a month and a half ago, you talked about wanting it to be spring slash summer already. So so here it is. There have been a couple of days where I've already been outside in shorts and kind of comfortable, happy doing so. Mm, well, shorts and a fleece. I mean, I wasn't, you know. <laughs> and any- a bonfire. <laughs> anyway, the other thing that's kind of providing a bit of hope, again, not eternal hope, but some, some hope is that um, I've received my first vaccination for COVID-19. Me too. So we've both received our vaccinations, our first dose, which was great. And then on Saturday, this coming Saturday. We get our second dose. A second dose on Saturday. And then we're getting closer and closer, I think. Kellen, the next day is Palm Sunday. How are you feeling about that second dose in Palm Sunday right around the corner? Yeah, I'm feeling like I might not be at Palm Sunday. (laughs) But if you're not there... Church will go on. Church will go on. The question is, like, if we're both not there, right? What we're doing about that? I think. I think now there's a solution to that. It's just like, see you on Zoom, right? I'll be in my bed with a Gatorade, and I'll just say morning prayer from with chills in my bed. Yeah, I don't know if that's the solution. Well, we'll figure something out. I think if you can't make it out of your bed, no one wants to see that on Facebook. (laughs) Well, I'm just glad that the second dose is in sight. Another thing that's providing some hope, uh, not eternal hope, but just some hope uh, right now is that uh, that's right right around the corner. My hope, my hope, hope. Um, And maybe the last and final thing that's providing me some hope is knowing that Easter is just around the corner. I find myself uh, longing for Easter and the Easter season uh, at this time during Lent. So I'm looking forward to that. That's a different order of hope, though, than the ones you've been talking about. It's certainly a different order of hope. Um, The vaccine, as wonderful as it is, I heard just the other day from uh, a beloved professor, is not our salvation. And certainly springtime is not either. But the resurrection is. Correct. The resurrection offers uh, an eternal hope, uh, one worth um, committing one's life to. Um, so I'm, I'm looking forward to Easter, Kellen. Me too. Uh, but before we get to Easter, we have a number of liturgies and we have a whole holy week uh, to walk through. And without getting into each and every one of those, Kellen, I'm curious of all of Holy Week, uh, when you think about uh, it's beginning with Palm Sunday, Monday, Thursday, Good Friday, and the Vigil, which of those liturgies uh, do you kind of look forward to the most or, or find the most meaningful? Um, I don't think that's a easy question with an easy answer, Bentley. I have a feeling I know what um, favorite 
what is your favorite? Um, <laughs> but, you know, the sort of Monday, Thursday, Good Friday, Easter Vigil trilogy, right, is all one liturgy. And so it's like, what piece of that liturgy am I drawn to? And I think it can change given on the year. Um, but I think in general, particularly like American Christians, uh, really love to jump to Easter. Like we just sort of obviously long for Easter, long for the resurrection, long for eternal hope. I totally understand that. Um, but I think that we can maybe not lose its power, but not appreciate it fully if we aren't willing to sit with Good Friday. And so I think this year and last year, uh, because of the nature of the pandemic and just sort of the amount of suffering that we've witnessed and gone through, um, finding myself uh, comforted by Good Friday in a way that in previous years, I'm not sure comfort would be the word I'd use for that liturgy. Yeah, so Kellen, a wonderful uh, insight here. I think it's almost silly, right, wrong, heretical for a priest to say, what's your favorite service? As if all of this is kind of tailored uh, to our needs and whatever we like the most is what we uh, should get. I mean, Holy Week tells the story. Uh, we are we live into the story of God's redeeming work uh, through the person of Christ. And as it is, all of it is important and you can't remove one piece uh, from the other Uh, they're all essential and maybe what we think we like is not necessarily what we need Mm -hmm. Um, I know that's true for me in other areas of life Um, but Good Friday speaks to us uh, in a direct kind of way right now uh, that it maybe we miss in other years but this pandemic uh, certainly Uh, changes the way we might approach a service like Good Friday. Yeah, I think we can just find um, solace and comfort, but also meaning in our suffering um, as we witness Christ suffer on the cross. Um, It's not an easy thing to witness. You know, it's not something, like you said, that we may want to sit with, (laughs) Um, but we probably need to sit with it. And I, and I get this year, especially like sort of the like yearning and just sort of running towards Easter. Um, I'm kind of with the masses in that sprint, but um, I know I'm going to need to slow down and sit with Good Friday because, yeah, I just think there's still, um, there's still a lot I need to learn from that day. What, what do you find your spirit or soul needing this year during Holy Week, Bentley? Well, I, I, I obviously, I mean, I think you know this, Kellen, uh, the vigil is my, is my favorite <laughs> service, the one that I find most meaningful throughout the whole entire Christian year. And part of that might just be because it contains everything. Mm-hmm. Um, it contains darkness. It contains light. Uh, it contains... Um, the whole story of God's redeeming work. So it might be uh, a bit unfair to take that if we're just picking them because it kind of grabs it all. It's um, a good one to pick. <laughs> it's all <laughs> encompassing. Um, I, I will say though, Kellen, we were watching a, a panel discussion of um, some priests and theologians and bishops the other day. And something that 
someone on that panel said that struck me that I just am, I, I'm curious what you think about this. I'm, I've been chewing on it a lot. Um, but what this panelist said is that we don't actually need Easter any more this year than we have ever needed Easter. And I just, that kind of hit me kind of square in the eyes. Um, curious what you think about that, that we don't need Easter any more this year than we did five years ago, or we will, we will in five more years. I'm, what's your sense about that kind of sentiment? I understand what they're saying, right? Which is that um, the message of the gospel and the reality of Christ's resurrection um, should always feel and um, be so immediate, so <laughs> necessary in our lives that we always need Easter, right? We always need Christ's resurrection. Um, and yeah, there's a way that like life experience and context are going to open the eyes of our hearts to that reality in a way that I think is okay. Like, of course, our experiences are going to um, show us what we need and what we've been missing, and yeah, I think what he was maybe suggesting is that this year and maybe last year, we we realize how very much we need Easter. Right, which is something we should like always have with us in front of us. But we're human and we're like so forgetful. Like I just think it's okay to say like there are going to be some moments in our lives where we're going to like desperately see that we need Easter. And hopefully we can like remember that. And like viscerally feel and know that every year, that's the hope for the Christian, right? Of course, like, of course we need this renewal in Christ. Um, and yeah, I just, I guess I'm a little bit, I feel more sort of like the human condition makes us so forgetful of our neediness, of our own sort of place in life that we, we might not always realize we need Easter. is maybe one of the gifts of Holy Week that uh, each and every year, over and over and over again, uh, we are invited into the same story we were last year, and we're invited to bring our hearts into those spaces, uh, trusting that God um, will transform them. Uh, no matter how we show up that year, uh, the story of God's saving work remains the same and will um, touch our hearts and transform our lives in new and unique ways each and every year. And this year, of course, uh, we bring a lot uh, to the altar of God um, and we look for grace, healing, and redemption uh, in a very particular uh, way. Uh, we feel that in a very particular way this year. Yeah. And like every Sunday Eucharist is supposed to do, right? It's sort of, um, you're invited into this great drama that is intended to kind of crack open your life and um, give it meaning and um, a place to land and 
place to find purpose. Um, and, and the Holy Week dramas, the liturgies are particularly dramatic, you know, in a normal year, it's like you have a week full of, you know, a parade, (laughs) um, two readings of the passion gospel, you have foot washing, devotions at the cross, a new fire, right? Like the institution of the Eucharist. Yeah. Just like all of these sort of, um, wonderful liturgical events where you are sort of um, a participant and can um, see anew. And I think sometimes the Sunday liturgy can become repetitive in a way that you don't realize what's happening and Holy Week kind of shocks you out of your typical rhythms. Um, So there are still um, spots at all of our Holy Week services. Um, and a few spots that are on Easter Sunday still available. We'd love to see you in person, um, or you can always join virtually for those services. This week is a bit different with Holy Week right around the corner. Of course we can't. We could, but we're not going to read the whole passion narrative that would be found on Palm Sunday. There's just a ton of readings ahead of us. Um, And also we're probably not going to get to uh, a podcast next week during Holy Week. So um, if we're not going to look at scripture, uh, maybe there's something else we could draw on right now that could give us some uh, uh, kind of a touchstone for some reflection. We could bring our own, our old pal, Austin Fair, back. I think we should bring Austin back off of the bookshelf and see if he has anything insightful to say about the days ahead. He probably does. Here's a reflection from Austin Fair. The death and resurrection of Christ draw near to us and touch us in this sacrament. The bread is broken. There Christ dies. We receive it as Christ alive. There is his resurrection. It is a typical expression of divine power to make something from nothing. God has made the world where no world was, and God makes life out of death. Such is the God with whom we have to do. We do not come to God for a little help, a little support to our own good intentions. We come to him for resurrection. God will not be asked for a little. He will be asked for all. We reckon ourselves dead, says St. Paul, that we may ask God for a resurrection, not of ourselves, but of Christ in us. Kellen, uh, Fair is not some shallow thinker, is he? Mm-mm, he's a deep thinker. <laughs> yeah, I like... I love sort of the last little part, right, where he kind of basically tells us, like, we're not coming to God to, like, bless our own work, our own intentions. Like, we're coming to God for everything. (laughs) And also kind of, like, 
get out of your own way. Yeah, Kellen, I'm I'm just kind of thinking a bit about um, getting out of the way and letting Christ take hold, and that fair would link this work to the Eucharist is not a surprise, I don't think. Um, you know, you've heard it said, "You are what you eat," and in the Eucharist, uh, we consume the body of Christ uh, that we might be consumed by Him, and like the whole kind of undoes us from the inside out. Um, And it's not just this kind of one external piece of our lives or another thing to your point that we need help or support with. We literally take God into our body uh, so that from the inside, from the very depths of our being, we might be transformed. Um, And again, I mean, I think God offers us everything And um, I think it's helpful to recognize that we need everything that God has um, offered us uh, for us. Um, And I I think that Eucharistic image of, of, of Christ being that close and literally transforming our lives from the inside out is a, is a powerful uh, image and reality. Here's a blessing from Jan Richardson. This blessing can wait as long as you can, longer. This blessing began eons ago and knows the art of enduring. This blessing has passed through ages and generations, witnessed the turning of centuries, weathered the spiraling of history. This blessing is in no rush. This blessing will plant itself by your door. This blessing will keep vigil and chant prayers. This blessing will bring a friend for company. This blessing will pack a lunch and a thermos of coffee. This blessing will bide its sweet time. Until it hears the beginning of breath, the stirring of limbs, the stretching, reaching, rising of what had lain dead within you and is ready to return. As always, it's such a delight to be with you all on this podcast. A couple of quick announcements. Uh, The first, as Kellen mentioned earlier, all of our Holy Week services uh, will be broadcast uh, online. So if you're not able to join us in person, please consider joining us online for that. Kellen, will you give them an update on what they can expect uh, with our podcasts in the weeks ahead? Sure. So um, we'll be sort of focused on getting those liturgies prepared and walking through Holy Week next week so there won't be a podcast. And then the week after um, is kind of a low week um, for clergy often in the church, so um, there won't be a podcast after Easter 1 either. But we'll return um, to you um, after Easter 2. So in the meantime, know that we love you. We miss you. God's peace. God's peace.